0: All
1: right. About, ta- about time.
0: <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Grind My Gears. Yeah. I'm Ashton. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, before we get started, log on to www.ashtonmma.com. Get your DILF bod shirt. Uh, represent that dad bod. That's what I'm doing. I'm starting a new movement. You know, if MILFs can get attention, so can DILFs. So, Log on to ww.ashondartmma.com. Use discount code DILF. Get yourself ten percent off. Today we got Bobby Tran. What's up, buddy?
1: And this is why you brought me on, eh? You want me to advertise a Dilf bot for you?
0: <laughs> You're doing DILF bot for me. That, that's, see, that's what I'm talking about right there. Why 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 can't a DILF be a muscular, good looking fucking dude? Right,
1: I I'm I'm with you, man. I call it uh, we call it Dilf 2.0 at yeah, our gym. Right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: I, you know And my wife was telling me apparently dad bods are like the new trend. Like a lot of people like dad bods, so I'm down. I'm down. Is it true? I I don't Have, fucking know. If it dude, does it matter if it's fucking true? Does it doesn't matter. You know, if, it, it doesn't matter if it's true at all. That's gold for some men out there. They can't.
1: <laughs> so what? What gave you the idea of coming up with a, a Dilf bod shirt?
0: We were fucking driving on vacation and we thought about it and I'm like <laughs> and that's how I got. It. Like, you know what? I want that done. I believe in it and that's and that's what happened. So hey Well
1: uh, I will support. I'll make sure. Do you have Dilf bod rash guards or what?
0: Everything's coming. Don't worry about
1: that. Okay, fine. I'm just I'm just you know, I'm just trying to support you in the right in the right medium, you know? Yeah. How's everything going on your end? Bro? Everything's good, man. Everything is really, really good, um, despite, you know, all the obstacles that we have to jump through every single week. Yeah,
0: that's what um, I, was, I wanted to get to that first, because, I mean, Toronto's one thing, and, and uh, for those people who don't know, Bobby has an amazing business out in Windsor, Ontario, uh, one of, if not the best fitness facilities in Windsor. Um,
1: black, hole, black hole of Canada,
0: baby. <laughs> When people ask like where'd you go to school? I'm like, I went to school in the shithole. <laughs> You're like, I don't I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I left there for a reason. No, but great people, great place to 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 be. Um, but how has it been with all this stuff going on in terms of the gym? running your business, just being able to keep things afloat? Cause I know it's a lot different from the GTA and the bigger city uh, being in a smaller city. How has things been during this time? I
1: I think you guys definitely got the the short end of the stick much more than we did just being so overpopulated over there in Toronto. Um, But to be honest, it's been nothing but good for our business. And I know, you know, maybe that's surprising for a lot of people to hear. Yeah, and for, you know, for a lot of small businesses and, and local businesses, it's been really, really tough.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but for us uh, personally, it gave us some opportunities to like refine what we were doing. You know, I think this was almost like a gut check for a lot of businesses to see, you know, what we have. Is it good enough to last or is it strong enough to to withstand this like shitstorm that we've been dealing with over the last two years? Yeah. Um, and so this uh, this latest obstacle of of vaccine passports, and I don't really want to you know get into the politics of everything, but
0: I do that you know it's
1: it's just another it's just another obstacle that we have to deal with, you know. And we've been jumping through loophole to loophole since this whole thing started. So um, it's like it's just another day, man. Like now it's almost like we expect it. You get like this like three four week grace period, and. Um, you're just waiting for like what's the next thing, you know? Yeah,
0: when times then, like are getting normal, you're like, well, well, "Wait, this."
1: Well, yeah, you're just. It's it's almost it's almost too normal, yeah. you know. It's like we're we in lockdown for so long, and actually, like you just sending me uh, a Zoom invite gives me some like PTSD because <laughs> of how how much we had to use Zoom in yeah. the last two years, and and you know the last little bit, I haven't I haven't touched Zoom. i had to like re-download zoom on my on my laptop because i haven't used it for so long but it seemed like for for a bit there like life was completely online life was remote i literally talked with people trained people through the computer screen um and that was normal for for a long time then once things started to to let up a little bit and we were able to get back into the gym setting it was like what's the next big thing is it another lockdown is it you know distancing in my gym can I have five people in my gym working out at a time and okay. I did at one point at one point there was a rule where the music had to be um at a certain <laughs> at a certain decibel <laughs> That's
0: so, stu- so it's so stupid it doesn't yeah so, so some, can you
1: I some- want you imagine like I want you imagine like walking into a gym right and this like we've got 6,000 square feet at our at our place so it's not the biggest gym but it's not like a small studio either
2: yeah
1: um and it's like, it's like when you go into an arena, that's not full, you yeah. know, you go to like a concert or something and like the, the seats are still empty. You're like, where the fuck is everybody, you know? And it's the same feeling when you go into a gym and especially I feel for like gyms like good life or, you know, the, those gyms, because you walk into this massive empty space
2: yeah.
1: and there's like five people working out and now the music has to be set at a at a level where like i can hear you talking over the music to prevent us from spitting in each other's faces it's crazy man it so is- the energy you just have to figure out how to like how did still you find- stir up yeah.
0: how did you find the uh online training cuz i have my opinions on online training like i value it as a tool i think it's sure. great cuz i i was heavily using it um I think we were out of lockdown in Toronto in July August last year. So yeah. That's when I had my Achilles surgery so I was very limited mobility wise. Yep. So I can only do some of my clients that were close to me cuz I couldn't drive, right? So I would have yeah. to Uber. But I was using it very much in that time. Pretty much I would sit there on the freaking computer training people for 4 hours in the morning yeah. in a row and my my biggest issue with the online training and training people through zoom and that kind of the new thing that came out of all this was that you really lose the the human touch like yeah and and I personally like you know how difficult it is if someone's just pick a simple movement like a squat, they're doing a squat, and I'm like, no, no turn to the side, no, no move, <laughs> move turn 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 your screen up yeah, tilt it that, there you go, perfect, do your squat yeah. like that kills the whole vibe of the whole workout and any flow that you have. So how did you, how did you find it as a tool? Uh, did you, find um,
1: it- oh. I, I probably similar, similar, um, obstacles as you, you know, trying to be more technical and, and you obviously don't have your tactile cues anymore cause that's taken away from you. Right. But the good thing about it is, you know, it's kind of like when you lose your vision, all of your other senses become heightened, right? So yeah. on on Zoom online coaching, I don't have the ability to put people in the positions that I want them to be in. So if someone is um more of a tactile learner, not an auditory learner or a visual learner, you have to be really good with your other skills as a coach.
2: Yeah. Now
1: obviously, you know, Zoom wasn't made for training people, right? And in like a one on one setting, it's it's okay. Um, it's not ideal by any means, but it's okay. Yeah. Now imagine you put like
2: 20 30
1: people, 20 yeah. people, 30 people, five people on a screen, you know, and now you have five different screens that you're trying to tell everyone, like, okay, you know, Joan, turn your screen this way. Mitch, your screen's too close. And you've got some people who are like standing in front of their screen, and you've got yeah. another screen where the dogs kick their camera over. It's a like
0: a black screen, and you're like, Whoa. yeah. Yeah,
1: you to. you've got you've got the people who don't like to be on on video so they only tune in when like you call them out. Yeah. Um so I mean it's not ideal by any means and like I said Zoom was never it was never made to be uh a one to 50 person audience, you know. And then you get like the lag time and you're trying to play music and people have their their screens on at the same time, you're getting a clash of all these sounds. Um yeah, it was it was not fun. But I will say that just the whole idea of online training was something that our business never really touched before the pandemic, right? So now it's like, I would say it's like 30% of our business, you know? So I have the members at our gym, I have our personal training clients or whatever that we do in the physical space, but a good 30% of our business now is completely online. So we still do remote training for people who might be working out from home. Um, Maybe they have a gym, you know, where they're at, but they don't have a coach. So we still do a lot of programming remotely with people all over the world, which is, you know, something that we would have never thought of doing beforehand. We kind of had to learn as, as we went.
0: Yeah. Like I've talked to a lot of gym owners too during this time. And I think the ones that came out of, the, the ones that came out of this were the ones that were able to pivot, so to speak. And when I say pivot, I don't mean like change their whole business model and, and, you know, leave the type of fitness or type of exercise brand they were doing before, but just say, Okay, this is the circumstances we're dealt with right now. How can I still make money and how can I still keep everything going? And mm-hmm. then pivot towards that, but not sort of lose sight of what the actual business is. Like for example, like my coach did a lot of uh the Zoom training with Jiu Jitsu and let's be honest, like you can put a bad dummy in your living room as much as you want it's not fucking jiu-jitsu right yeah. but i mean he did a good job at just still being making that interest and i'm sure it's, it's physically exhausting too on the instructors and the teachers and the business owner because um having to deal with all that uh back and forth especially like you were saying like with it's hard to instruct 100 people at one time it's hard to instruct yeah. 20 people at one time it's easy to instruct twenty people at one time when they're all there and you can physically attend to them. Yeah. So taxing on the instructor as well. And so I mean, it's not a ideal fitness setting. But I mean, the best people who made it out of this are the ones that adjusted to it. And I mean, like you said, it's become a part of your guys' revenue stream. And that's the same same thing with, with my business. It wasn't a focal point of of business and now it has become one because like um i started getting clients from all over canada doing zoom stuff just based yeah. on referrals and, and and that kind of thing but i wasn't even thinking about like you know i was there was no part of my business plan that said oh you're going to be training online boxing on saturday mornings with a bunch of people in ottawa and all that and i'm like that that was never in my business plan
2: but it became yeah.
0: part of the business plan so it was a blessing in disguise cuz that's not only a separate revenue stream but i'm able to reach other people and yeah. where I I couldn't do it before. I mean, and I so- think,
1: I think people, people try to pick one or the other When in reality, like you can do a hybrid of both, you know, a lot of people that were doing the online training or they were forced to do online training um, kind of vowed like they would never go back. You know, once doors could open back up and we can get back into the physical space, most people piled back into the space. Once everyone kind of felt comfortable and they, they weren't, um, you know, uh, fearing anything that could potentially happen to them. And everyone was just excited to get back and see people. I feel like zoom and, and remote training kind of took a bit of a a backseat, but you can use both of them together synergistically, right? Like I, we have a ton of people now who come into the gym that still do training online and it might not be in the, the confines of like physical training, but like we still do nutrition. We still do, um, accountability. We still do prehab work for people at home. And those are people that do both. So we call them like dual clients because they get training at home remotely, but then they can also still come in and and get their training with with the group as well. So it's not a matter of like, you have to pick one or the other. It doesn't have to be an extreme. Like you might do a jujitsu lesson, you know, on the mats in person, but you might have a one-on-one client that just wants to work on like an arm bar from home you yeah. know and you have five or six different drills that you can drill with them at home you don't necessarily need another body there it helps but if this kid just wants some extra reps like that's something that you can do
0: yeah the one thing i found about um martial arts training specifically boxing and kickboxing and teaching it online is when i'm in person and i'm holding pads um i don't i can i can see the technique and yeah. i can feel it but I don't get to see it from a third person point of view, whereas yeah. um when I'm at the third person point of view, I can actually see small details a lot better. I mean obviously, depending on the position of the stupid camera and all that shit. but <laughs> uh, if I can see technical details a little bit better, so I find my ability to instruct has improved in that sense because of the third person view. so it's almost like you know when you sit down uh On like a Saturday night and watch like the the Wilder fight or whatever. Yep, and you're like, "Ooh, that's poor defense." Like, yeah, holding pads for that person, I wouldn't be able to technically tell yep. all the time. Except now I'm looking at it from a different vision, and I yeah. Think, so there is some sort of benefits to that model, but the I think the the thing that you said that was important was that hybrid sense because. I've been doing that the whole time. I have in person clients, but I still have them using my app online because there's yeah. only so many uh so much time I spend with you in the gym like say i s say I have a client that I spend two hours with you know one hour twice a week. That's not enough time to reach most of their goals, and mm-hmm. a lot of the goals have to be uh done. All on your own accountability, so to speak, you have to do it on your own. However, some people still need that guidance and that ability to, to reach out to a coach whenever they need to, or be able to see their programs or have those things made up. So that online presence and being able to say open, like for me, for my business, open up your app, fucking do your workout. Simply. Yeah. If you have it, yeah. if we need any changes, send me a message or change shit right away uh your nutrition's in there there's no guesswork you just do do it right and mm-hmm. even though you're only seeing me one hour or two hours a week it's almost like you're getting that guidance throughout the whole week without Yeah there's
1: yeah there's more um, there's more touch points right yeah. like you're you're able to and that's the whole accountability thing like if if you have let's say 12 15 clients you might see each of them on average what, like two or three times a week like you have to think what are they doing the other days that they don't see you you know, in the online part for us, that's that's a huge thing because they're still checking in every single day. I might not be in the gym with them physically, but I'm still checking in on them every single day. I'm st- I still know you know how much they're sleeping, how much they're drinking, they're eating, if they're hitting their workouts. And just to kind of touch on what you just said, you know being able to to see someone from a different scope, you know, through the lens of a camera as opposed to to being there in person. Yeah. It's very much like when, when the coaching apps first came out, right? Like if I was teaching someone a clean and jerk to see it in person, things move at us you know, so fast in a millisecond that I, I might miss something. But if I can record that footage, slow it down, now I can go into my coach's eye and I can draw angles, I can draw lines and now give this person something that they can review, you know, days later, um, it starts to click a little bit better because in person you might give them a cue they may or may not get it and then you move on but at least now they have like a clip of themselves you know a lot of people especially with jujitsu and, and weightlifting or anything where you're not doing it in front of a mirror all the time they think they're doing it one way
0: but it's done another yeah it's
1: done another way and then they see it on camera and they're like oh fuck!" like i had no idea i was i was pulling the bar early or you know maybe making a, an attempt at the submission incorrectly But when they see themselves doing it, it's almost like another uh, teaching moment for them where they're like, I thought it felt this way, but that's not the way it actually is in real life. So the video part, you know, along with um, actual in-person training is is a powerful tool to have, especially if you're a coach teaching something super technical.
0: Now you guys promote, uh, I know you guys promote a lot of community over everything. How did that Um, come into play with keeping things going uh, during that shitty time?
1: Man, that was—I would say—that was like the bread and butter. You know, like we put so much emphasis back into our members and and back into supporting local that you could close our doors and we're still running shit behind the scenes. You know, and we have, luckily for me, blessed to have a, a community that would back us no matter what would happen. Um, it's crazy, like to think that out of the last two years, the number of months that as a gym we were actually able to stay open. Um, should have technically crushed any small business especially gyms yeah and for the most part in in our city anyway like most gyms are still standing man which goes to show you that the membership um, for a small micro gym or a studio can be a really powerful thing compared to something like a big you know franchise gym yeah so
0: you know, just kind of struggling yeah. right now, the big box gyms are struggling right now. I'll get into that after, but continue. Sorry,
1: go ahead. Yeah, it's just, you know, for, for us, it's just kind of fostering that connection with our members, uh, making sure they're taken care of. And people understand, you know, they see the news, they know what's going on. It's yeah. not like gyms are choosing to close our doors. It's not like gyms are are choosing to temperature check you when you come in or distance you, you know five feet away from your friend or turn the music down. So you're not spitting in each other's faces. We're not choosing that. And people yeah. know that like, those are just the cards that we've been dealt and we play the game based on, you know, trying to make sure that our members win. And as long as I think Jim's kind of put that at the forefront of whatever they're doing, they're going to be fine. Like things might have to change. You might have to change the way that you, you program, you might have to change the way that your services run or how people, you know, something simple as enter and exit your building. But as long as your priority is always going to be your members, they'll feel that and you're going to be fine. It's the people that like, that try to cut corners, you know, like some of these gyms, as soon as we went into lockdown, they like let some of their coaches go to try and preserve money, save money, you know, make sure that rent is paid. Um, And I get that. But to me, it's like that's just not trusting in your system. It's not trusting in your community, and you're you're kind of pulling the plug on on a lot of the people that have supported you when all this stuff wasn't around. So yeah, man. As long as you're you're always kind of betting on your community and you're always investing in them, and no matter what the circumstance is, that's you know we we haven't really felt too much um, backlash other than just changing our processes every three months,
0: you know. Which is which is annoying, but I mean it has to be done, right? So yeah, keep you guys just to keep everything flowing. Yeah, like like you were saying before with the big box, like I've seen it here in the big city. A lot of people, like you said, they like oh, I'm gonna call out now. I don't give a fuck. Fucking good life and those <laughs> those 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 gyms. They yeah. were the ones that <clears throat> automatically started laying people off, putting people on leave. Um, like they're struggling right now, and it. it to me, I almost don't give a fuck because it almost, especially in the bigger cities, it will. It should apply in Windsor, too. It'll drive people to the real businesses like yours and, uh, you know, some of my coaches and some of that. They're seeing influx and more uh, more people anyway because people don't want to deal with some of the bullshit of that corporate side of fitness. Like, um <clears throat> Good Life has, isn't like those big boss gyms are in a weird position where some of them, like for I'll take Good Life for an example, they've taken the big government loan. They've yeah. basically taken the bailout money. Right? So i in for lack of a better term, they're at the government's whim. Like whatever they say they have to do because sure they they owe the government a lot of fucking because they took out a big loan. So whether you know with the the past and everything that's going on, whether you support it or not, people don't want to deal with that. They don't yeah. want to have to sh- show papers, or maybe they they had a friend that they worked out who 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 no longer is eligible to go there, and they don't want to go go there anymore. Because especially because places like that have to heavily enforce it, especially in the bigger cities. Yeah. Um, they're and I have friends who who actually work for that company, and they're telling me they're losing members upon members by the day. Um, yeah. And you know, as in the being in the fitness industry, it makes me sad because I know like when you lose some of that business, some of those people aren't going to go back to exercising, and they're going to fall down the rabbit hole and get and go obese. But then there's the other side of me who knows the kind of business that those big box kind of run, and it doesn't really help everybody. Uh So it to me, it's like whatever. It's just mm. more clientele available for the people who are actually going to help these people, right? Who are okay. actually going to coach them and give them a space where they can actually thrive far. So it's a give and take, but at the same time, it's it's fucking weird how we're at a quote-unquote quote, health crisis, but the places that take care of your health have been ostracized and and. and put down and beat down to the point where like some of them have closed and then the ones that are still open are barely hanging on for the most part. And, you know, having to jump through hoops just to make people healthy. It's, it's a weird fucking time in that sense where the thing that would probably keep you healthy and safe is the thing that they're keeping you away from. And I, 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 I just, I have a, t- I can't verbalize how fucking frustrating and annoying it is because it's a, it's, it's a simple formula, but it's like, they choose to ignore it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I mean, um,
1: much of what's been going on in the last two years, I think it's hard to make sense of all of it when you look at the big picture, right? Like if, if health is at the forefront, why are we closing things that make us healthy? Like that's a pretty um, easy statement to make. I think when you get down that rabbit hole, there's um, there's obviously a lot of different routes that we can take with it. It's but
0: political. It's it's all politically driven. Um, yeah. My point being is like we're two years into it. Well, it shouldn't be.
1: You know what makes me laugh? Remember, remember when this first happened? They were like, guys, just two weeks to flatten the curve, man. Just.
0: To- and <laughs> uh, no, two weeks to two. And what- Probably. When I
1: do when I hear that now, when I hear that that phrase, two weeks to flatten the curve, I think back and I'm like, Man, how are we so naive? How are we so stupid? Yeah. Um, you know, and and now I think of of how life has been impacted, you know, since that day. I still dude, I still remember we made um a parody video at our gym about the coronavirus. And this was like maybe like three weeks before we all got shut down. Yeah. And um the news was, was broadcasting most of what was happening over in China. And like, now when we think of coronavirus, I don't even link it to China anymore. But when this thing first happened, it was like the only thing you could think of, right? You're like, Oh shit's going batshit crazy over in China. And this thing is spreading like wildfire. We never thought that it would make it here on our doorstep. So I remember at the gym with a couple of friends, um, we made a parody video of it and and like three weeks later, it was like getting closer and closer and closer. And then March fifteenth, we got the mandate to shut down. I was like, "Fuck, man! Like, did we jinx this shit? Did we bring this shit on ourselves?" And and I just remember that that phrase, you know, two weeks to to flatten the curve is do your part, you know, wear your mask, do your part, stay inside. And that was like that little blip in in everyone's lifeline. It, it was such a odd time, you know, like we were ordering groceries to the house and then like wiping down our broccoli before eating it <laughs> and shit. You
0: know? We did that. We did that once. And my wife, the second time I brought them in, she's like, I'm not fucking doing that actually. I was to remember,
1: crazy. remember how scared people were of other people. Like oh, yeah. you see people drive up to your doorstep. They'd, they'd leave the box like 10 feet away from your door, yeah. fucking throw a rock at your window. And you see I them scoop back into their van. I don't know if
0: Windsor's like that, but people are still so fucking paranoid. Yeah, I see people wearing, 17 different things on their face, because they don't want fucking coronavirus to get in their eyes. No, now
1: I'd say now it's, it's definitely more, more lax now. Like there was, there was a point where I remember, you know, being, you know, stuck inside and, and not seeing some of your friends and seeing your family for so long. And then you see them for the first time and you're like, you're kind of like, okay, just give me like, you know, give me six feet. But you're, you, you, but you're used to, like, going up to these people and, like, shaking their hand, hugging them or, you know, whatever. And I remember that that first human interaction. It's like we had been stuck in a cave for thousands of years and we didn't know what to do when we came face to face with another human being that wasn't someone in your household.
0: I, I, I can relate, but also I was fuck it i was illegally doing shit the whole time so like <laughs> <laughs> of course of course you were <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I we didn't stop doing jiu-jitsu we didn't stop dilf dilf don't give a fuck but don't give a fuck so like at some point i knew me and my wife knew i'm like at some point i'm gonna catch this thing and yeah and and that it happened and we got better and it was fine for us i mean i would consider our case uh, moderate cases uh, so how
1: did when you when you found out that you had it? How deep into the the pandemic were we? Was it right at the beginning, Were you kind of like in the middle?
0: It was, it was right before this last lockdown, so it was probably like February, March.
1: So when you got, I was just watching the the Dave Chappelle um, yes. special yesterday on Netflix. And and okay. he talked about how when he got it, he felt dirty. <laughs> so did, you, uh, did you did you feel dirty when you found out, like, the official news that you tested positive?
0: Well, I, I independently tested because I wasn't going to give the government another number to oppress people. So I, yeah. uh, I have a client who runs a, a business who does that kind of shit. So I was just like, motherfucker, I think I got this shit. Come test me. So uh, I didn't feel dirty. I was just like, all right. I knew it was coming put it that yeah. way um, yeah. Because, like I don't want people to think that I was being irresponsible because I do run a, a good business I do test myself regularly pretty much every week just to make sure um but I, I knew it was coming based on the the things that I do and i what and those are the things that I wasn't willing to give up yeah like, you you can put as many mandates as you want in I don't give a flying fuck. I will find a way to do it, or I will go somewhere where I'm allowed to do it. Yeah. Um, so that's just my personality and the way my my family, me and my wife, deal with things. We, we uh, for lack of a better term, we're freedom fighters. Like I just want, I just want my freedom. So there was no way. I res while I do respect everybody's feelings towards everything, because I don't care if if someone felt strongly towards it great that's that's your opinion and you're entitled to it so uh, you can have your space and do whatever the fuck you want but i was i knew it was going to happen so it was a matter of time it's just i didn't know how it was going to feel based on the mixed messaging uh in the world right now some people you know at the start everyone thought it was gonna be like the fucking zombie apocalypse right every time yeah. we heard sirens from our condo we thought, oh, there's someone going to the hospital with COVID, like for the first two weeks, right? Yeah. But that that wasn't the reality. That wasn't the truth, right? And yeah. then once we did get it, it, it was just like, okay, this is it. All right, we're good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh I I wasn't I didn't feel dirty. I just uh <laughs> Dave Chappelle said he was feeling dirty. I didn't feel dirty. I just uh I was just surprised at how easy it was for us to get over and when i say easy it was it was it was significant it was a shitty yeah. experience not by no means was it fucking fun like i wasn't like partying and and stuff but yeah it wasn't it wasn't what it was drawn up to be and uh that made me a little bit more bitter towards everything that was going on but yeah like if 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 you
1: had gotten it and it just whooped your ass, and you were out for like, let's say, like you know, four weeks or whatever. Yeah. It maybe it maybe would have softened your views a little bit with with what it's done to some of the the people in the world.
0: I have two friends who are professional fighters, and they hospitalized, and yeah, they came out, and they still don't give a fuck. Yeah, so I, I I beat it, and I'm good to go. Like, you know what I mean? So it. In my in in my world and in how me and my wife believe it's in, everything's in God's plan. If that was my if that was what was intended to happen to me, like I was not supposed to go out with COVID, then that's the, the fuck it. Hey,
1: take this dirty one. Take this <laughs> dirty one back. <laughs> that, take them. Take them back to the soil.
0: Yeah, if that was the plan for my life, so be it. That's how I kind of live day to day. I don't really. And that's why faith is important. And I'm not trying to like push fucking God and stuff on people, but having faith in in life and and knowing your direction. Like for me, I don't care about the little things because I know that the plan is there for me. I just have to live my life, Mm -hmm. right? I have to live and do the things that make me happy. And if it's my day tomorrow, so be it, right? But if I'm not doing the things that make me happy, I'm going to not want that day to come. You know, I I don't want it. I don't want that day to come in general. Who the fuck wants to die? But it's that old saying, like, I'm prepared to, you know, people like I'm prepared to die. Like, if I'm living every day to my fullest, if I'm doing all the things that I love to do in life, which I am, and I'm Mm -hmm. pursuing things that are hard and make me grind and make me fucking hate myself sometimes because it's so hard, then I'm not worried about the end because i'm living i'm living life the way it's supposed to be and i think- yeah and i think
1: yeah if you if you look back at you know what you've done you don't want to have any real regrets right like you if if we both were to get taken away today you're able to look back and say that you know i did the things that i wanted to do yeah. and my family made the decisions that we wanted to make based on on what we feel is right and what we feel is important um, which I think is is kind of like a crossroads for a lot of people right now. Is they're they're in some conflict with what they want to do and what they think is right because sometimes those two things don't um, necessarily line up with each other. But
0: and I was like uh, I was telling my coach this uh, the other day because we were we we're just after we roll and stuff we sit on the mats and talk you know when you are getting your endorphin high and I and I was telling him like. People think that because I'm doing well right now and I'm doing well i I ain't gonna lie about it I never lie about doing well because i it took work to get here, but if mm-hmm. Covid never came along, I would have never gotten the push I fucking needed to do well mm-hmm. before I was kind of coasting. I had my business, I had things going, but you know I was still making money in other areas, and I didn't need to change anything right, but I think you know, the old saying, tough times make tough men. And that's exactly what happened because when COVID hit, you know, I'm tell I'll tell people this because it should, people should know it because it might help them in certain situations. My wife was on mat leave and her job future was pretty grim because she's in the salon and hair industry. And it turned out that she didn't have a job to go back to. Right. So I had a, a point in time where I was like, I have to step up as a man. And fucking take care of business right now. I like I I can't. What am I gonna do? Like I'll I'm gonna tell this right now. I got my fucking when they locked everything down and my revenue stream went to zero for three weeks, four weeks. I. Dusted off my resume and was ready to fucking send it into Amazon to fucking lift boxes.
1: Uh, I thought you were gonna say he starts start stripping.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> dirty bird, dirty bird, makes his return to the yeah, stage.
0: No, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> uh But like, I dusted my resume off and I fucking was ready to send it into lift boxes and shit. Right. Yeah. But uh, you know, at, at that point, I made a choice to dig my head, dig my heels deep into becoming a good fucking businessman. I spent hours and hours studying. I didn't sleep for like three weeks because I was so fucking on edge and like, how are we going to make money? But those are the things that make a man. Those are the things that make uh, a good woman. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when how do you respond to adversity? Right. Because it's very easy to coast. I think a lot of people were coasting through these last, you know, up until 2020 A lot of people were coasting, business wise and life wise, because life was good. Let's be honest. We live in fucking Canada. You can go to the grocery store and get food whenever the fuck you want. Yeah. Swipe a little card and pay for shit. You know, most people's money gets directly deposited. They don't have to fucking do anything. Like your life is fucking easy. And then when you face with a little adversity, especially in North America, people go crazy. Like it's the end of the fucking world. Well, really, no, it's not. You're still so privileged to live in a place like we are. So shut the fuck up and figure it out because like I, I'm meeting a lot of people who are like, oh, I've been unemployed for eight months. I can't. No, you can find fucking work. There's work. Trust me. There's work. If you really wanted to earn money, I'm telling you right now, the restaurant industry is hurting. You can go serve tables and fucking make money. So don't tell me that you can't make money. Don't tell me that there's not work available. Don't. There is work there if you want it to be. It's just, I think we're crossing to a point too, especially with some of the subsidies that are being handed out. We're we're creating a lot of lazy people, right? So, well, yeah,
2: you got some
1: people who, you know, if they sit at home, they can collect more money than going to work full time at, yeah. you know, a, a minimum wage job or whatever. So, of course, people are not going to want to go out and, and slave away for, for money that they can get sitting at, at home on the couch.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean that's just my feeling on everything that's going on. I, d- I don't like to get deep into it because at the end of the day, each person is, is fucking different and what motivates each people is different. Uh, I just think that we're We're getting to a crossroads point where things are getting better. Like we all knew the the virus would be, it's it's not going away, but we all knew that we would get to a point where things would open up and you're going to be able to return to a semi normal sort of, being, right? But I think we're at a crossroads point is like some people got used to the last two years. Too much, right? So yeah. how are you gonna come out of it now? <clears throat> Fitness wise, how are you gonna come out of it? Because when I look at the scope of people's health right now, it's probably the worst it's ever been in in, in my lifetime. Like physically people might be okay, but we're talking about mental, emotional, those all those things are important to a person's well-being and a lot of people aren't doing well with that right now Uh, i know plenty 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 people family included who are struggling just to even reinteract with society to get back out and do things like normal because they have been fed this fear and i'm like it's you have to be cautious don't get me wrong i'm not saying like I fucking had the disease. I know that it's real. I know that I'm. The, so you have to be careful. Like wash your fucking hands, right? It's it's that simple. Wash your fucking hands, and you know if you feel bad, stay at home. Right? It's it, It's pretty simple rules. But getting people back out there to know that the world isn't this hazardous bio waste biochemical fucking place is is going to be a challenge because yeah. there's forces pulling in two different directions. We have uh, you know, the government saying one thing, health experts saying another thing, and then all the different experts in different fields saying other things. So it's confusing a lot of people. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think the, the gym space too, and when you put the gym in the middle of all that, it's kind of a little bit of everything. You know, yeah. it's your it's your physical activity for the day, which obviously, if we're trying to build immune systems, being at the gym and, and becoming more fit and working on your health is should be paramount the other the other aside to that is just human interaction you know gyms that like ours if you go to any kind of mma jiu-jitsu gym um functional fitness gyms like what i run the the community is kind of uh part of what you look forward to when you go you know like if you had to go to a different gym every single time you want to go roll with somebody you wouldn't get that connection with some of the other fighters. You wouldn't get that connection with some of the other members. You don't build that connection with your coach, right? So I think that's been huge, man, because when people first got locked down and we, we dealt with, you know, dealing with fitness from home on Zoom remotely or whatever, um, my main concern at the beginning was like, how do I maintain everyone's physical fitness? Because that's what we do,
2: Yeah.
1: right? That's that's our bread and butter is we help people with their strength and conditioning. And by the second lockdown, my focus wasn't even on physical fitness anymore. It was like, how do I keep all of my members sane? You know, because everyone was going nuts staying at home. And people forget how powerful it is to be able to walk into a room of 20 people and have every single person know your name. You know, you open up that door and everyone's greeting you. Everyone's asking you how you're doing. Like that part of of your your social health, of, of your lifestyle... Um, where other people would get it from, you know, going to bars, going to parties. We had that ingrained in our regular business. It was just not something that you would ever focus on, but that piece of the pie is is so big for helping someone feel happy at the end of the day. You know, like, you can go get your workout in, but, like, if we can go and get a workout in together, it just makes it that much better. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Uh, the one thing you just said was functional fitness, your, your business. Now, I know, like, mm-hmm. When I was still, when I was still there, and for a long time, you guys were more of a CrossFit box kind of. Mm-hmm. What transitioned you out of that space? Like, um, so I mean, CrossFit um, is is run
1: through an affiliate ship. So anyone that is a, a CrossFit gym or a CrossFit box, if you want to call it, um, you basically pay an annual fee to be able to use that word in your, your branding. That's basically it, right? <laughs> so um, it's not the difference between that and something like a franchise. A franchise kind of controls what you program, what your space looks like. So if you look at something like, um, like an F45, yeah. All F45s across the country kind of look the same. You know, yeah. they use the cane, same color schemes, the equipment's the same, the layout's the same, their programs are all the same. So when you go to an F45 here in Windsor and then you go to one in like Burlington, Toronto, wherever, the, the feel is the same. Yeah. Different than an affiliate ship where, um, you know, if you come to my gym, it will be my personal flair on it, our personal flavor on it. If you go to one in Toronto, you go to one in New York, you go to one in fuck, Hawaii, they're all just a little bit different, right? Because it's it's kind of based on the owner, the head coach, how they program, how their, their space is outfitted, what you guys focus on. The culture of the gym is different. So we use CrossFit, you know, coming out of university as a way to draw in the right people because the people that do CrossFit are still very similar to the people that I would want in my space.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but after all the years of, of doing it, there are obviously some things that, you know, I agree with and there were a lot of things that I disagreed with. And part of um, the push that I needed to to drop the affiliate was like, I was just kind of tired of explaining that, you know, we're not a bad CrossFit gym. Yeah, yeah. CrossFit's not bad for you. There are bad CrossFit gyms. There are good CrossFit gyms. But I just got tired of that conversation, man. I got tired of people saying, you know, I don't want to get hurt. Um, I don't feel like I'm fit enough for this yet. I don't want to go to the games. I don't want to look like that. There's just a lot of... Um, ideas behind what crossfit is and because of the affiliation model and how different your experience could be going from one box to the next it can really paint this terrible picture of what it actually is right the idea of it i still love i still love the the idea behind you know this use what works scrap what doesn't ideology which is what we do um i just now apply to crossfit itself you know i i use what i like from crossfit and we scrap what I don't like. And we had built such a strong community of people that, you know, a lot of them hadn't done CrossFit before. So only knew CrossFit based on what we do at our gym. But what they didn't realize is like, that's our personal flair on what we think strength and conditioning is. So when we dropped the affiliate man, like that was probably one of the best decisions I could have made for our business, especially during a pandemic, super high risk time. Yeah. Um, my personal um, vent- ventures into a lot of this stuff is like wherever the crowd's going, I just turn around and go the opposite way. Yeah. You know, so probably not the smartest idea to completely. Oh, but that's
0: yeah. That was that's what separates you from other people. It's it's uh, yeah. You know, it's easy to mush your business into what everyone else is doing, and that's what a lot of people do. Like when yeah. MMA was taking off, everyone wanted a fucking MMA gym right mm-hmm. but so they just started a fucking MMA gym and we put MMA workouts together it's just, it's just the same concept but what really sets people apart what sets your business apart and sets mine and a lot of other people is we don't follow the crowd we don't just do what the trend is and what's but and i think like you said i had a bad vision of crossfit from before not mm-hmm. in, like i respect the athletes i love the athletes that go into it and the amount of work and it's a great thing. Like my my head strength and conditioning coach, he's a big CrossFit advocate and we had to sit down and talk to me about it one day because I was shitting on it too much. Yeah. And yeah. the reason I was shitting on it too much is because sometimes I see, and I'm sure you've seen this too, there are some people who are just simply not ready for some of those things. Sure. Yeah. And they come into a bad CrossFit gym and they go and they do those things and then they get hurt or Mm -hmm. they just have terrible technique, terrible form and it shows and over time that it's, it's not good for anybody. Right. So I think that was one of my biggest like things where I was very negative. So I shit on it. Right. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, those are fucking incredible athletes. Like, let's not let not sugarcoat it. Those people can do amazing things with their body, and th- some of those things like I can't do. Right. So I was shitting on it for a lot of long time, but at the same time, there are some really valid techniques that are used there that are phenomenal for any athlete. And that's one of the things I wanted to touch on was like, how do you separate your recreational um, clientele from any like athletic people who come to you and want that athletic edge from those styles of training. Uh, But you can't, you can't do it to everybody, right? You can't provide that fitness to everybody because not everybody is geared to it and not everybody wants it, but that was what the traditional CrossFit model was, right?
1: Yeah. So uh, anytime you have someone who has something specific that they want to train for, and it doesn't necessarily need to be um, an athlete, but if you want to go that route, let's say you take someone like uh, a basketball player who's in their off season and they're looking for extra work um, and they decide, you know, I'll go to a CrossFit gym to do my off season stuff. It's very individualized based on that athlete, you know? So you have to look at every single person from the scope of what do they need to work on? What are we looking to improve? Where are their weaknesses? So if you get someone who is highly skilled um, and just, very technical at basketball but has a shit gas tank and just doesn't do well in fourth quarter third quarter type type scenarios um they might need something like work capacity which is great during like an an off season where you want to try and get them off the court away from running make them do things opposite to what they do normally in the season to take away some of the volume but that's that's one person right you might get someone who is coming back from acl reconstruction yeah. Um, and they need a prehab program. So to throw them into a general population-based program that's CrossFit would be idiotic. You know, you you're you're putting that person in harm's way and you're not Does gonna that rehab that person well. the way that you're supposed to. Does that What's happen that?
0: a lot though? Does that happen a lot where like in the traditional CrossFit space where someone say they did come back from an injury, they're functional, like they've recovered, their yeah. their their general rehab is done, but then they get lumped into that. That space does that happen quite frequently? I mean, I
2: I
1: can't speak on um Your gym, you know my gym obviously doesn't do it that way. I I can't speak on how other CrossFit gyms do it, but you have to remember too. Like I started at the university from a sports and and recreational sport training level, right? Like I started training athletes, so I, I know the difference between training someone who just is general population. They just want to increase their their health and they want to you know decrease some of the blood markers like um, you know, resting heart rate. They want to increase their stamina, whatever. Versus someone who is coming from the athletic world that needs to add four more reps to their their two twenty five pound bench press, so they have a chance at competing for the a spot in the CFL. You know, like those are two very different goals, two very different individuals. So they should be two very different training programs. Yeah. The thing with CrossFit, it's general fitness. And that's what people have to understand. So, when you have general fitness, I'm not working on anything specific. So, if you want to get in general shape, you want to work a little bit on strength, you want to work a little bit on conditioning. CrossFit's a great program if you build it from the ground up. You know, I'm not throwing a a new person into a class and we're doing full snatches right away, obviously. Um, But you have to look at like the risk to reward for every single individual. So, if I get a basketball player or like a volleyball player with a shoulder injury, they're not Snatching
0: no.
1: barbells for time, you know what I mean. Where we're doing some shoulder, some shoulder strengthening and and some muscle balance, and we're looking at where they need the work. But you might get someone who, and I've had this before. You might get an athlete who's a stud and just healthy all the way around, you know. And their their condition and all they're looking for is just a different look for the next month or so, so that they can get back into training and not overtrain. Yeah. And sometimes CrossFit will do that for people. You know, sometimes CrossFit takes away the road work of, of running every single day, it puts you on a rower, puts you on a bike. Um, and it's still full body movements that any person would benefit from. You know, we're squatting, we're deadlifting, we're lunging, we're doing overhead pressing, overhead pulling. It's, it's all stuff that you would see in a program. It's just the way that you construct the, the pieces is, is a difference maker.
0: Well, those are the fundamentals, in my opinion. Like I always kind of like when I get somebody new, I tell them, that they'll tell me all this list of goals and shit that they want. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. We're going to get them. But in order to get them, you need to know how to squat, you need to know how to deadlift, and you need to know how to press weight. There's three fundamental things. Like, you can't do flying, Superman, clapping, spinning fucking push-ups if that's what you want to do, and if you can't press 20-pound dumbbells, right? It's as simple as that. So, I mean the beauty of CrossFit is I, th- I see the value that it introduces these fundamental lifts to people that traditionally, if they went to a gym on their own, they probably wouldn't do. Because let's be honest, when someone goes and works out at their own, on their own side, they, they're not going to the squat rack as the first thing, right? Because it's hard, it's technical. And if you do it right, your legs feel like shit after and people don't want that. Right. Yeah. yeah
1: and I'm, and I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit because I, I think that that mentality is, um, is part of why CrossFit became so popular. You know, like they took people off of the machines. They got people off the treadmills and they got people away from doing lazy shit at the gym. Cause one thing that CrossFit did really well, if you go into any CrossFit gym, even if people are doing things terribly, yeah. every single person in that space is working their ass off, and yeah. you don't get that. You know, you don't get that when you go into uh, a big chain gym. You're gonna have people sitting on a leg extension on their phone. Someone doing a TikTok video while they're running on a treadmill. You know, like yeah. you don't see this type of shit in CrossFit gyms because when people go to CrossFit gym, they don't they don't give a shit about their makeup. They don't give a shit about if their outfit is matching. People just go there to work hard, yeah. and I and I think that part of of the intensity of CrossFit made it really popular because it taught people to work hard again and it didn't bias like male to female. It doesn't give a shit who you are. We've got females at our gym that are stronger than males.
0: Oh of course.
1: 100%. We've got we've got people from you know what you would consider like an elderly population who would whoop some of the high school kids, some of the university college kids. Yeah. So what what I loved about it is it, it kind of brought people together and there was really no no boundaries, no constructs behind the kind of fitness that we were chasing. Yeah. A problem with that is things like squats, things like deadlifts, um, compound movements that are supposed to be functional for the everyday person, right? Some people took that, and they ran so fucking far with it, that it negated a lot of good things that came out of bodybuilding, good things that came out of isolation exercise, good things that came out of um, machine based work. And so part of for us, like part of leaving CrossFit was that I I missed a lot of those things that they deemed were unnecessary. And I think they're slowly starting to come around now, but I mean things like bicep curls, for example, when I first started CrossFit, if you saw someone do a bicep curl in in a CrossFit box, it was almost like you were spitting on the church. You know, it's like, (laughs) why? That's not functional. That's an isolation movement. What you're, you're working out for aesthetics. You're not working out for performance. And then like, um, you know, you get someone who's developing bicep tendonitis from from deadlifting with like an alternate grip or whatever. Yeah. And what's the prescription? You got, you're you going to go and do some fucking bicep curls. Yeah, you
0: got to put some blood into that bitch, right? Yeah.
1: Or like, or if you get someone who's like struggling with the pull-up or struggling with a chin-up and they just keep trying to, to alleviate the problem by doing more pull-ups and more chin-ups, you might have to isolate the bicep and work on that, yeah. you know? So a lot of isolation exercises, I think over time- um, they kind of got banished from the functional fitness space, and even things like machines like leg extension machines, hamstring uh, curl machines, like all of those things were were kind of left behind in to chase this functional fitness. but what if what if you get someone who's you know fifty five year old woman who's been in a car accident and she needs to reconstruct herself? And she can't get into a hinge position because she's got a bulging disc. Are you going to try and make her a deadlift with a PVC every single day? No. Like you got to get her to activate her hamstrings. So let's, let's take it a step down. And there's no, there's no issue with, you know, regulating someone's fitness and meeting them where they're at. Uh, So I, for me, I don't, I don't hate on bodybuilding. I don't hate on powerlifting. I don't hate on weightlifting, CrossFit, strongman, martial arts, whatever you want to throw in the mix, whatever works, works. And whatever doesn't, you fucking scrap it. And that's like, that's our ideology. Because what works for you, squats might be great for you. Yeah, Might not be great for my hockey player who spent 15 years in a boot hinging over from the hip their entire life, right? Squats might not be great for that person. They might never be able to get to the point where squats feel good. And maybe they will, but it might take another 15 years to get there. And they don't want to waste that kind of time, you know?
0: It took me an ACL tear to squat properly. I had to like I had to have my knee reconstructed to realize I didn't fucking know how to squat, and, yeah. and um, that's the thing that uh, it's it's like you said it might take somebody three or four years to squat properly, but it's the responsibility of the coach and the trainer to find the variations that can achieve that. Yeah, that- and I think
1: that's that's the issue with with CrossFit is the barrier to entry is so low. Like you could. You could go write the level one test right now and open up a CrossFit gym next week. It's that easy, yes. you know. There's, there's no. It's a little bit different, obviously, with like like mixed martial arts, jujitsu. You know, you, still- you, there's,
2: there's- but,
1: but but I mean, it, it's a, it's a little bit harder, right? Like you wouldn't go into uh, you wouldn't go into a space where like your lead instructor is a white belt.
0: No, I uh, no, but. You can hide that shit. Well, there's, I'm sure you've seen some of the videos online with like fake black belts. The McDojo. Big dojos. Um, oh, yeah. Stuff. But like, I'm not going to, uh, because this person, there's a family member of mine, but they, they literally opened up a big name. They just bought their, the naming rights to this gym and opened up this mixed martial arts gym. They have no fucking business in the business. Right. And it shows because here's my thing. I'll, here's my problem with, um, this this is the same phenomenon from CrossFit to mixed martial arts, is that anyone can open up a fucking MMA gym. The problem with that is it's the same thing that you promote, is community, right? Mm-hmm. The students normally rally behind an instructor, right? So if you open up an MMA gym and you're hiring a jiu-jitsu coach, right? You're hiring a Muay Thai coach, you're hiring... People gain this connection to that instructor because uh, there's there's functional fitness and fitness type, but then when you're talking about martial arts, there's it's close contact. Everything is personal. You and you're doing things with people at a personal level. So that when that instructor is teaching you, sometimes sometimes they're getting on the floor with jujitsu and showing you the them yourself. Sometimes you're spending hours. Learning one fucking technique because it's that difficult. And so you're getting that, and that instructor will stay after class. So it's a little different than like, you know, functional fitness or weightlifting gyms where, you know, class is over, you might ask a question. When you go to a martial arts gym, class is over, as long as the instructor doesn't have to go leave right away, they'll yeah. stay another fucking hour and teach, yeah. right? That's just the way it is. So if you're opening up a MMA gym or a jiu-jitsu gym and you have no experience and you're hiring out all these people, these people are building these connections with these instructors. So if that instructor finally decides, hey, I'm 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 done with here, I'm gonna go get my real value and I'm gonna open up my own, but people are gonna to, going to go. Mm-hmm. They're gonna leave. And then you're stuck with this constant turnaround. There's no community, there's no vibe. And so there's a lot of gyms like that not just in Canada and the U S probably all over the world where people just open them up because it's just that the the barrier to entry is very easy. You can just mm-hmm. fucking open up an MMA gym and put in MMA on it and then hire people, right? It's just, it's, it's that simple, but you'd never really get that true community because everything varies based on that instructor. And so what I see, especially in the city here with people who have done that is their gyms are not successful over time because they're highly dependent on experts wanting to work for them. Where it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that way. The person who owns the gym, the person that runs the facility, the person that should have a meaningful connection with every fucking person that walks through that door so that they know that when they show up there, this there's that community. There's he he's here or she's here and I trust them. I I love being around them. Even if they hire people to help teach, they're still there. If I learn an arm bar from one guy and I need help, he'll still be able to help me, the other guy, the other instructor. That's what is missing in my opinion, in both ends, right? Because there are people who open up gyms like yours who have no fucking business opening up. They don't they couldn't yeah. teach left from right, but they're just interested in revenue. They saw an opportunity, right? And I, I think the 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 biggest factor with what you're
1: saying is making sure that you hire the right people. Yes. You know, because if you hire if you hire people who are interested in the service that you provide, but they're not necessarily interested in your brand or your ideology, you're eventually going to come to a, a, a day where, yeah, you come to a crossroads where you don't agree with each other. And, you know, owning a business, and this goes for any kind of business, um, you will eventually cross this path when you get so successful that you can't do it by yourself anymore you know and i've i've gone through this waves of it several times where you know you're you're by yourself you hire your first employee now you've got two now you've got three um and you go from like hey man like i just need you to coach a couple classes i'll comp your membership to how can you help me develop my brand yeah you know and and we we call it like in in our space, I call it the growth triangle. So you have like your, your coach and your, in your case, it would be like your instructor. So like your, your jujitsu instructor, your Muay Thai instructor, whatever you have the owner who would be like the guy overseeing everything that's happening. And then you have your, your community or the culture behind, you know, everything behind your brand. And so each of those three things have to see growth, you know? So for me to provide a service that, I truly believe in, that I think is the best possible service for my members, I need to hire people who can deliver that, that product. And those people who are delivering that product need to be taken care of because I can't expect you to come to my gym, teach Jiu Jitsu and deliver the best Jiu Jitsu that my members have ever had and pay you peanuts. Exactly. Right, because eventually you're going to be like, "Hey, I'm I'm staying after class. I'm I'm working with Karen on getting her armbar. I've spent an extra forty minutes every day teaching Karen how to get this armbar." So oh,
0: you bitch. Karen, <laughs>
1: and then <laughs> bitch, bitch, bitch still can't get it. But I'm I'm here, you know. Yeah. I'm here. I'm rolling with her. And eventually, you're going to get to a point where you're like, "Okay, I'm spending these extra forty minutes here, but now I'm missing forty minutes with my wife." I'm missing 40 minutes with my kid. It's not putting food on the table. I'm actually spending more gas to get here. And you get into this conflict of like, you take this person's passion, but you're not rewarding it with some kind of monetary reward. And although it sounds terrible, like people need to eat, man. Like, and I say this all the time. I, you can't, you can't run a business on passion alone. Like your business needs to be able to make money. That's like the, the end goal of any business. It should be to be profitable how you get there is obviously going to going to be a gut check and it's going to have your conscience into it as well. Yeah. But the person that is is working for you, that is like, you know, pushing your product and pushing your services and a representative of your brand, that person needs to be so well taken care of that they don't want to leave.
2: Yeah. You know, if
1: they if they want to leave and do something else, it's because somewhere down the line, they felt like they weren't being taken care of or they just felt like they didn't have a future with what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and then it goes back to the, the community, right? Like the community can always tell when there's some, there's a rift in, 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 or someone's rocking the boat, you know, um, they'll go through waves and we've gone through this, you know, from experience several times of like where you have a staff and then the staff changes up, you know, maybe you let go of a coach, maybe you hire someone else on, maybe you change the way that you do things, but the community should always be reaping the benefit of that that relationship between the coach and and the owner yeah um and that's how you keep things going that's how you keep everybody happy right if a coach is getting paid well they're going to have an outstanding service if we have an outstanding service the community is going to be really happy if the community is happy they're going to refer their mom their brother their dad their friend and now the money comes back into the house and the house can pay everybody back out you know i can I can buy more equipment, I can upgrade the facility, I can pay my coach's vacation and and everything when it's it's working together. That's how a, a business like a gym or like an MMA gym becomes successful because these these businesses are not profitable. They're not easy to make money. Like owning a gym is very very tough.
0: Tough business. Um, it's-, it's
1: a tough it's a tough bit. You know, I'll tell you why because You will deal with people from an emotional level. You know, you develop relationships with people. It's different than like, it's not like I own an Apple store. If I own an Apple store and you come in to my store and you're like, I want the iPhone fuck 15 or whatever the hell they're on right now. I I don't have to give you great service. I could be like, Ashton, here's your stupid fucking phone. Give me $2,000 and fuck off. And you'd be like, man, that guy was a fucking dick. But I got still got, but I got my phone, you know, yeah. I got, I got my phone. Look at the camera on this bitch. Um, and it doesn't matter. Your, your interaction with me in that store has no bearing on your decision to pay that $2,000 for your, your stupid yes. phone.
0: You went there to pay that $2,000 anyway. That's
1: right? it. It's a very, yeah, it's a very like, here's the product. I came here to pay for it. See you later or never see you again. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Whereas a gym, it's like, I got to go back in here every single day. And if I have to come back in here and see this asshole every single time I come in, my experience is going to be terrible. I'm not going to want to pay two hundred, three hundred dollars a month to come here. This guy doesn't even know my name. <laughs> um, so the gym business, the, the MMA business, if you if you do a martial art or any kind of service where like like you said, it's a very intimate relationship with people. You get to know people really well, man. You get to know you know how many times have you worked with someone where. That hour wasn't even about jujitsu. It was like, Ashton man, like my job fucking sucks.
0: I, I trained or... I train one guy and the hour will be over. He's like, It's been an hour already. I'm like, that's what good that conversation does, man. And yeah. we're, we're we're still working hard. Don't get it wrong. Like he's sweating his balls off. But the the, the flow of the, the session is it's almost like you're hanging out with a friend. Yeah. And you're working out too. And so yeah. but so by the time it's done, you don't even realize and you're like, holy fuck, that was a good time. But one of the things I wanted to build off of what you just said, and I see a lot of successful gyms do it, I see a lot of successful coaches do it. Um, I, my business isn't that's uh, what you're doing yet, so I don't have to worry about it. But I see a lot of people where they have their staff and they have their coaches and everybody and they work out together and they train together. There's a specific time, it's not like you know, like uh, Good Life does, like building sessions, or like like where they go and they learn some fucking. Somebody comes in and talks, and oh yeah, yeah we learned like, extracurricular extra credit learning. No fuck that. Where they actually like? Okay, we're meeting at six or seven o'clock a.m. before everybody comes in. Before we open up, we're gonna work out together. We're gonna train together. We're gonna team build. I love so that. It's a the, the, and I see that in almost every successful gym and gym owner, they do those kind of things so that like you said, their coaches feel valued. They have time to work on themselves because it's very easy in the fitness business, especially over the last 2 years where, you know, things have been crazy, where the people who run the business
2: mm-hmm.
0: lose themselves or the coaches lose their their fitness ability because they're working so much. You're on your feet all day. You're working so much that you don't want to maybe put in two hours of training after. So yeah, you're burning out. Exactly. A good gym, a good coach would say, Hey, let me take care of the health of my, we're working out today. Everybody. 7am. You're getting paid. You're Mm -hmm. going to get fucking paid. We're going to work out together. We're going to train together. Same with like an MMA and jujitsu. Come on. We're going to, you're going to train going to train and do the thing that you love to do and have fun doing it and we're going to emphasize that together and work on it together and we're going to we're going to build off of that right and so some of those gyms that i see that are doing really really well have programs like that where the coaches get together they train and and even sometimes that's where you bounce ideas off each other that's where you say hey man you, you're finished your workout. I have a guy who I'm working with who's got a shitty squat. I can't seem to get it. How do? What are you? What are you doing with your guys? Because I see they're doing really well. How do you? How do you fixing them? And I feel like that's something that most fitness facilities are missing because they don't have right. that connection between the employees. Like there's so many ideas when you have a room full of you know for, even if it's a small say you have five employees, those are five different valid teaching pe- people who teach you yeah. have five different valid teaching methods and it's the responsibility of the owner or the head to say let's all bounce those ideas off each other and create a space where you can do it and i find yeah. the best place to do that is when you're training when you're working out and because that like for example like if you get a bunch of guys who are teaching to just roll someone's gonna land something and gonna be like how the fuck did you do that let me show you then all of a sudden it becomes a theme in the gym and the students love it and all the instructors know how to teach it so it doesn't matter who's teaching class that that same technique goes and then a gym becomes known for their fucking rubber guard or whatever the fuck it is or you know what i mean uh so i think that's a super important thing that i really hope more businesses take into account even big box businesses because all they do right now is okay our staff is going to do an extra credit day where we're going to have someone come in and talk. I mean, no, let build a workout, build something where your, your staff is coming in and training together and doing mm-hmm. the thing that you're supposed to do fitness, right? Do it together. And you're going to see a ton of growth. I mean, I, I see it in our city. I don't know how it goes out there, but I see it in the big city where the best gyms are doing that.
1: I think what you'd love. So we, I have a guy um, that's on my staff. He's he's been in the industry for I want to say almost ten years now. Just super knowledgeable guy. Um, any seminar or workshop that's out there, he's probably done it. So he's just like this this sponge for for knowledge. And it's like you said, you know, you put five people into a room; those are five different learning opportunities, five different brains, five different ways of thinking. Um, and recently, what we've been doing is having him. Um, just do presentations, you know, once or twice every month and he teaches people. So we get our staff together. He'll go over a topic. It could be like hypertrophy. It could be, uh, one that he did recently was, um, women's training during on and off cycle and things like that. Um, so that's a really great teaching tool to a expose some of your knowledgeable coaches. It also gives some education to the rest of your staff, but it makes them come together. Yeah. Right. And you get everybody on the same page. So someone may have thought one thing and now you can you can come together, network, and 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 decide as a team what our best answer would be so that I'm gonna use Karen again, but Karen doesn't come in, learn the arm bar from you one way, come in the next day, and learn the arm bar totally different from me. And we can we can all be on the same page. But what you'd like was what we started doing recently is actually um dusted off the old uh uh, gi and and we've been going to jujitsu together as as a coaching staff, and so these guys have never done it before. You know, they didn't even know what the hell a gi was. They didn't know what the difference between gi and no gi is. And uh, we've just started. Uh, I say over the last two weeks going to jujitsu classes together. Now it's branching off into like, okay, let's go do kickboxing together. But man, it's a lot of fun. It's just like yeah. doing something totally out of the comfort zone, learning something together as as a team um and you should you should see these guys like they they're on such a high when they come back to the gym after going to some of these classes and
0: they're enthusiastic, um, right? And then yeah, it's
1: just yeah, it's just there's there's there is um an excitement kind of in the air, you know, when like even if I'm choking one of them out, you <laughs> know, they they come back and they're like, "Oh my god, that was fucking awesome." Uh and and them getting to learn that choke or like learn how to escape that choke is it's just so refreshing for someone who's never done something like this before. And obviously like, you know, like MMA and, and any kind of martial art, it's, it's super raw, you know, it's, it's very, very visceral. Um, the, the feeling you get when you tap somebody out or, or you get tapped out, you're like, fuck, like that, that shit can get so real. Yeah. And it's a different, it's a different high. It's a different than like a runner's high or hitting a weight that you've never hit before, but it all kind of goes into the same category. It, it like elevates and piques your interest for training. Yeah. Um, it makes you want to come back and it makes you want to learn more. And it's even better when you have a group of people who, who want to learn the same thing. So right now that's what we've been doing. It's It's been fucking awesome, man. I've actually uh, contacted uh, Steve, reached out back to Steve. He's still doing it. Yeah. Um, and we've been going out and, and learning from him. Yeah.
0: But it, uh, it, it the, the same thing happened to me maybe like 3 weeks ago i just i didn't i showed up to jiu jitsu class and i didn't intend to teach but like well while my professor was showing his technique i was like hey prof i do the same thing but i also do this little s- spin this other move on it that gets me into this maybe even better position and he's <laughs> like he's like come show me so i showed him next thing you know whole class was based around the technique that I was showing. Yeah. And, and then I was I w- I wasn't teaching it, but like people were asking me questions, well what about this? And I'm like this you do this. And it it expanded upon what he was doing and at the end of class he was like thank you for that. That was a great detail that mm-hmm. was a great spin on it and people ended up liking your your move more, right? Cuz it was more functional to what they were aiming to do. And yeah. and uh that would never have happened if he ran an operation where you couldn't say, "Hey, hey, hey, professor, can right. I uh, interject and add a little spin on it?" Right. Obviously, if you're a white belt, he'll say, "Fucking no," because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because <clears> we <throat> saw some shit on YouTube. You're like, "Hey," but <clears throat> I'm-. but as an advanced student, somebody who's been there for forever and you know fighting at a professional level and you know brown belt in jiu-jitsu, he's like, "No problem, no problem, come." Show me, and what I ended up doing it was ended up giving people a bigger technique, something that they can use, not beyond what he was showing, but yeah. adding on more to it. And if you have a community where you can't do that, where people are nervous to do that, or they just don't care enough, to, like the whole, the only reason I brought it up was to share it. Yeah, not because, like I could have just kept it to myself. Like This is my secret technique. No, it's it's not a fucking secret technique. But I could have just kept it to myself. But the reason I brought it up and put my hand up and asked to share it was because I know that it would help everybody else out but I'm comfortable in that environment I'm comfortable with the people I'm comfortable with the coaches and and teaching other people where I'm able to open up and just say hey here's another spin on it and he's not an ignorant asshole and says oh no 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 we're going to do it my way because there are coaches like that Mm -hmm. right but those are the those are the gyms you don't want to be at regardless of what discipline you're learning you don't want to be at a gym where somebody has an input to make things better or another spin on it and you shut it down because yeah, it's not your way. Right.
1: That's when your ego starts to get into the way of people actually learning.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. 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 So before we head out, cause I know you got to get to your gym to coach some people. What's workhorse radio? Uh, like tell everybody what that is. I know that, <laughs> that that's something you started and, uh, what is that? And, and how can people listen to that? No.
1: So Work Course Radio is our, our version of our podcast that we started, I would say, um, I don't know, maybe three or four months ago. Yeah. This is something that I've been wanting to do for probably two years, three years, maybe. And I just, it's kind of like our podcast, it just gets pushed on the back burner over and over and over again, but eventually got it done. Um, I, I think we're on episode nine right now. And it, it's honestly, I had no idea what direction I wanted to go. Uh, with this thing. I, I knew that I wanted to reflect on some fitness topics, but it's a little bit more than that. We'll talk about fitness. We'll talk about, you know, me raising my kid. Um this past episode we just talked about horror stories at the gym with with people <laughs> shitting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's no there's no boundaries on how we we go with this thing. Some of it's serious. Some of it's just me reflecting on some things that have happened in my life. Um we do a little brush up on on business as well. So we have a, an episode where we just talk business. We have an episode where we just talk fitness. And then we do what we call Shotgun Saturdays, where people on my Instagram can, can go and ask their questions. And then I'll pick three or four of them, and I'll answer them one week on an episode. So yeah, just something fun that I've been kind of playing around with, just another add-on to the business. Um, you can find us on Spotify, if you guys are looking, and uh, Workhorse Radio, just type it in the search bar, and you'll see a little barbell come up with a microphone. That is us.
0: That shotgun sire sounds like my rant episodes. Yeah, think. so
1: it's very, very so. So instead of me like shitting on everyone's ideas, like yours,
0: <laughs> 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 um, no, I, I, it, I genuinely like the the whole podcast started because I got I was doing it a little bit before the pandemic, but yeah, I was I would go for a run. And I would just be like, okay, I'm "Yeah, on- I
1: remember you used to do them on like Instagram stories, right?"
0: Right, and I would I would just be like, you know, what really grinds my gears? Pineapple on fucking pizza. Yeah,
1: it, yeah. I, which I I could get into that with you because yeah. you know I just had a fucking awesome Hawaiian pizza from a local place. Pizza. And dude, you can you can say whatever you want, but until you try this thing,
0: no, my wife orders fucking pineapple and pizza. Has no business, no business. <coughs> It's a fucking salt like oh we're gonna get into it right now fuck you we're gonna get into the shit right it's a you, f- sugary it's it's a fucking fruit no put on my pizza wanna, the, I have what
1: you want you want to you want to cancel pineapple is that how you feel about
0: it I, I'm not I'm not about cancel culture I'm just saying you put it just on let, your, let
1: let Ashton just let people let people do what they want you know I thought that, that was the whole the whole lesson behind this podcast yeah, it's it's just,
0: pineapple on pizza fuck that man it's I'm a, gonna, no, no. I'm sorry.
1: gonna, I'm gonna get your address after this. I'm gonna send you a pineapple
0: pizza. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll fucking eat it. Still, I'll eat any pizza as long as there's some mushrooms. I hate mushrooms. Oh my god, what's wrong with you? Wait, what do you mean? It's a fungus. Would you eat toe jam between your toes?
1: <laughs> if you, if you're comparing toe jam to mushrooms, now we got, we got bigger it's problems.
0: Oh so yeah, it's the same thing. It's a fungus. Anyway, anyway, but like that's how my shit got started. Because then mm. I was like, you should do a podcast. I'm like, okay, and then. I remember uh Joe Rogan's advice is like everyone's like, Oh he'd people would be on a show and they'd be like, um I want to start a podcast, but I, you know, it's I don't know how to do it. He's like, it's easy. You just put your phone on, you start talking shit. Into the mic. Yeah, you just
1: you just do it. And that that was I listened to a podcast. They were talking about um Kelly Starrett, if you know K Star. Yeah, yeah. And and he got he blew up when CrossFit was getting popular because what he would do is he he made a commitment to post one video every single day,
2: yeah. and it didn't
1: matter. Like the quality wasn't the best. Some of them were like taken from his garage, like the from his phone. The quality was terrible. But he made it a promise to himself to film one video every single day. So after a year, he had this whole library of videos. And like I think he said, it wasn't until episode like 17 or 18 that just blew up. Like he was getting like 20, 30 views, and then for whatever reason, episode 17 just like blew hit up. the heartstrings for a lot of people, and it just blew up. It had like a hundred thousand views. And then when he got to that point, it was like every single episode that he made after the fact, it was money because people loved that episode so much. Now he had all these people waiting to see what else he had to say, but he wasn't saying anything that wasn't already out there. Like A lot of the stuff that he was doing um, came from the physio clinics, the chiro clinics, the rehab centers, but no one had ever bridged that gap between the gym and the clinics. And that's what he did. He, He taught people how to take care of themselves outside of the clinic setting. And that's all he
0: did. There's tons of stuff that he's done that I've stolen. Uh, Yeah,
1: absolutely. I've
0: seen his, uh, and he's brilliant when it comes to explanation. Like In terms of coaching style, like in his videos and the stuff he explains,
2: Mm -hmm. it's
0: very in-depth. So when I'm done watching something of his, I actually can replicate, whereas there's a lot of other times I have to go back six or seven times to that video or that explanation or find another one. Uh Whereas Kelly does a very good job of verbalizing, very good job at explaining. He's he's a very brilliant mind, I, and I want I want it's one of my goals to pick up his book. But I have these two fucking assholes at home, these two little kids. I, I don't get to read and shit, and I
1: don't want it to That's seem let's like, be honest, Asha. You can't you can't read anyway. Let's be honest. That's why you do jujitsu.
0: Seemed like I was some big reader before. <laughs> it was one of my like at the start of every year, me and my wife write down all these fucking goals. It was one of my goals, to, like. Read more books. But yeah. Every time I'm like thinking, I'm like, oh, let me let me read. Hey, these fucking assholes are still up, and my daughter's like, I want to read, and I can't read her. i like, eh, it's, it's, it's you gotta,
1: a- you have to audiobook it. You a big fan of audiobooks?
0: Uh, I well in the car, I listened a lot of podcasts. That's my. Yeah. That's my my me time is listening to podcasts and education. Sometimes I'll listen to ones that are completely stupid and I just want to laugh, but most of the time I'll pick something educational because after, if the two years didn't teach me anything, it's that there's so much negativity in the world uh, that I need to turn something on to block that out because what ends up happening is I'll be in, if I'm listening to all that negative shit, I'll be in the car and I'll be clenching my fucking jaw the whole time. Yeah. So it grinds my gears what I'm listening to and then yeah. I'll get headaches and all that kind of shit. So, uh, for me, podcasts are therapeutic. So it, it makes sense that I'm doing this because like, like I get to talk to people like you and learn from you too. That's the biggest thing. Like there's stuff that we're gonna, we're, we've talked about, I'm going to take, and I'm going to imply it in my own business, implement it in my own business. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's the beauty of this. And that's the beauty of open forum conversation and why people need to do it more. Right? I I love it, man. Like just sit down and talk to people. Even if it's not even in your industry, you're not even interested in what the fuck they're saying. Sit down and talk to somebody because you can find value in any conversation. Even if it's not gonna last you a lifetime, there's something in every conversation that's going to possibly could impact your life. And that's the beauty of conversation and what we've how things have panned out the last two years, people have, have have moved away from that. And they need to we need to kind of get back to being able to just talk about stuff because we're losing the human side of conversation.
1: If and I understand. hope I hope people that, that tune in and, and listen to this, my my goal is always to give them like just one thing that they can go home with, you know, like one tidbit of information. We've been talking for almost an hour and a half now. So I know they're not gonna retain everything that we're saying, but if there's just one little thing that you can kind of walk away from this and and use it. To, to better your life that's the whole point of this this podcasting thing right is to like take information that's worked for you and spread the love to the masses and hopefully it, it can work for them too um but obviously like not talking to you for i don't even know a decade since yeah. the last time i've actually seen you um the <laughs> idea of the podcast being able to bring it together man is, is has been nice so it's good it's all yeah. good stuff
0: so yeah it's so like for people who don't you don't know me and Bobby haven't seen each other since I probably left Windsor. Cause I don't have a reason to come back, <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, I haven't seen it, but talking to you in this, it seems like we haven't missed a beat, man. So that's, yeah, that's the power of conversation and what people should take away from this. But before I go tell everybody where they can reach you, where, if they're in Windsor or if they need a, an online coach where they can get you, where they can find your information.
1: Yep. Everything that we do, uh, branches from Instagram, that things like attached to my hip. So if you guys ever want to find us, DM us, um, workhorse fitness co is the handle we're located in Windsor, Ontario. So if you guys are here and you're local and you want to stop by and check out the gym, you can always just, again, send me a message on, on Instagram and we'll set it up. Workhorse radio on Spotify. Um, we do personal training, group style training. We do nutrition, accountability, the whole bit. Um, like I said, if if you're just someone who is kind of tired of of the old fitness scene, and you need something new. You need some people to take care of you. You're looking for a community. I think we do it. You know, one of the best, one of the best in the city. I really believe in my team. I believe in my my people. So country.
0: stop being so fucking modest. One of the best <laughs> in the country.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we just do us. You know, I I, I really. Um, for me, my business is all about taking care of my people. So if you need to be taken care of, come find us.
0: There you go. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Click the fucking buttons below. I, I can't tell you. I do this every fucking podcast. Yeah. Every time people are like, I love your podcast. I love Virginia. They're sending me fucking emails. You take the time out of the day to send me a fucking email. Click the like and subscribe button. It goes a long way to fucking help building this so I can do more. Stop being a dickhead. <laughs> like, share subscribe and that's gonna help me do more shit fuckers anyway uh thank i'm gonna you.
1: like i'm gonna like our own podcast that's yeah. what i'm gonna do when this thing comes <laughs> subscribe, out
0: Subscribe, motherfucker yeah. uh also fuck the Steelers. Uh, well, you know
1: what you know what ashton I, I went an hour and 36 minutes and that didn't come up one time and i thought okay oh. there's you, you won't eat pineapples but you drink out of that dirty mug yeah. anyway
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck> you.
1: <laughs> wish your team the best you know did you guys win this week
0: we're playing tonight. I'm, you playing tonight? I'm, I'm cutting a family event short so I can get my ass back home.
1: <laughs> Who you guys play tonight?
0: We play the Indianapolis Colts, so we should smash those fools. Easy win. Easy win. I'm, I'm creating a little culture in my house here. We sit like 16 weeks of the year, We or is it 17 weeks now? We sit and watch fucking football.
1: I just want you to know that what what you guys did to the Lions was just – Distasteful.
0: Well, it happened again yesterday. Fuck.
1: <laughs> I know. I saw. Was a, it from f- fifty-six yards out?
0: We we hurt them so bad with that kick. This time it happened again. The less kick, and the coach was crying in the best cover. Yeah, I saw. Man, I. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Tune in next time. Remember, like, subscribe, share. Don't be an asshole. Uh, thank you for joining, and uh, peace out. Let me, just you, Hey, everybody. Thank you for watching. Please do me a favor, click the like below, share on YouTube, share on Instagram, share on Facebook, spread the word so I can keep creating more content for you and keep providing you with a great podcast experience. Peace out.